Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 5 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to stomp the stigma today is Mary Wilson. If you were listening last week, her daughter Krista was on the podcast um, to talk about her story and her struggles. And this week we have Mary to share her perspective on being a caregiver and helping loved ones through their battles. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? seen you in a long time yeah it's been years (laughs) I was trying to remember like how long it's been and I I don't even know no because we moved in 2000 and I think we saw you for a few years after that but yeah you know it just gets hard when you all you guys are in activities and stuff wow you moved that long ago oh my gosh yeah it's been 20 years yeah, so you would have been like eight. Wow. <laughs> and so what's this that you're doing the podcast with? Uh, okay, so I guess uh, when Krista originally shared her story, I don't know when that would be, like four years ago or so, Yeah. Um, I completely related to it, and I had never seen anybody that I knew um, talk about struggling with anything. Um, like that and I I've been struggling with depression since I was about nine I think and nobody really knew about it like nobody really talked about it and then when I saw her video I was like oh my god there's somebody else and so then recently just thinking about how um, people are dealing with COVID and how it's affecting people's mental health I really wanted to start a podcast about it um, because growing up, I didn't really have any resources um, or anybody to turn to. I had no idea what was happening to me either. So uh, I think it'll be a place to just share other people's stories and hopefully people can find um, kind of other things to relate to or or coping mechanisms and I want to share also local resources as well so I interviewed Krista last week and she Mm -hmm. was awesome she was great she was amazing really Um, yeah it was it went really well I was super happy with it so and she was the one that actually said um that I should bring you on (laughs) because you could fill in some blanks and stuff like that so Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate well, it. Well, hopefully I can be of some help, I guess. <laughs> how, how are your parents with it? With I, I actually didn't share it with them for years and years. And then uh, I, I kind of, I don't know if you would call it, came out to them um, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I didn't really get kind of the reaction or the support that I was looking for that I had hoped for so 
it's like they know about it and they know what's happening, but it's not really something that we talk about at all. So I kind of, I turn to other people and my friends and mm-hmm. um, instead, but they know about it. And that's also part of the reason why I want to start this so that people have like another place to turn to. And Yeah. Yeah. Have you started it yet? Like, is it in public yet? So I launched it yesterday. Um, I put out a short little 10 minute kind of intro episode just explaining what it is and what to expect from it and all that stuff and then the next so I'm putting out an episode every Thursday the next two episodes are um sharing my own story and then Krista's will be after that and then I will put yours after hers so it'll be a few weeks away, but yes, it is public. It is on Spotify, Google, Apple, and I'm putting it on YouTube as well. Wow. So you can see how many people listen to it? and I can, yeah. I haven't looked at it yet today, but... <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, people can search. If they're looking, like, searching for something, mm-hmm. you know, then it would be a, a resource. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Well, good for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm hoping to bring on some. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm hoping to bring on uh, some local resources as well so people know where they can go and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. That's good. Yeah. Way to go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. So. Yeah. So I guess um, I know it's going to get kind of personal and emotional. And so if there's anything that you don't want to talk about or anything that you're uncomfortable with, just please let me know. And yeah. So Krista, last week, she talked about how her first um, suicide attempt was at the age of 10, which was so shocking to me so young um do you remember any of her struggle before that or did you know about it before that or was that kind of your how you found out actually I didn't even know then I don't really I always knew she was high strung Mm -hmm. like she would get really wound up about things because anxiety is one of like not only did she have depression but maybe her anxiety was really high and we did it in high school. They, one of the counselors got her to go talk to um, somebody at mental health. Mm-hmm. And I remember them saying, oh, she was high functioning. Like she kind of showed signs of things, but she was high functioning. And just, you know, part of it's, there's so many other things. Like as a teenager, there's so many just being a teenager, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> booty and you're, you know, and I always thought she would, I didn't, I didn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how serious it was. Yeah. I just thought it was, she was just, you know, high strung. And, you know, we kind of, I try and help her work on, you know, not to get so, up to, you know, upset about certain things, like just, 
little things would set her off and like yeah. almost an extreme reaction. So it was, uh, it really wasn't until she went to university that I really found out how serious it was and what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't have thought that she had depression. Yeah. This is not what I had thought depression would look like. Right. So, and so this would have been seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. So yeah, it was uh, like, I know when she was in, she played hockey and when she was in mid-jed, so in high school, we got her, another family told us about a, a mental toughness coach. So she would have been like in grade 11, I think, when she started seeing her and she helped quite a bit, actually. I wish we had discovered her when Krista was younger because for the anxiety piece of it, like it's just, she taught her coping skills and what to focus on and, you know, just things you can do to make your, so you don't get so wound up, you know. And the one thing that's sort of been a constant, especially Oh, like through that whole thing was trying to for her to understand like control the things you can worry like the things you can control yeah focus on those the things you can't control which is what she would get all worked up about like you can't <laughs> you can't control those so don't don't try and like don't fuss about it mm-hmm. or don't you know or try to you know I know it's easier said than done but anyway, the, so the mental toughness as an athlete, mental toughness coach was, if you have anxiety, I think that that was a resource that I wish we had discovered earlier. So it wasn't when she was in university, like that was the first time she was away, mm-hmm. totally away. Because you think when she's living at home, it was controlled. You know, I made sure she ate dinner, you know, that she got her sleep you know you when you're living at home it can be more controlled but when you're living on your own away so she was in Vancouver it was yeah it kind of went off the rails Mm -hmm. so yeah she ended up I don't know yeah I remember flying out there and you know you're it, it is it's you're trying to absorb it all and sort of take care of her and support her and figure out the whole school piece. And she was playing hockey and, you know, just try, it was, it was, I remember thinking like your head's just sort of trying to keep everything straight. (laughs) So it wasn't until she was 18 that I really knew kind of the extent of it. Wow. I feel bad because it had been going on for so long before that. And she was just, dealing with it herself. Yeah. That's one thing I've found with depression is you don't want anybody else to know that you're suffering or you're struggling. And so just trying to keep, I guess, that side of yourself a secret from everybody is a huge part of life. And you, I don't know if it was the same for her, but you end up almost habitually, like automatically lying just to hide everything so that nobody yeah. really knows. Yeah. yeah. Well, and part of it, you want to seem, you know, normal. Absolutely, yeah. 
everyone, like to the outside world. You want to, you know, I think you don't want people to worry about you. Yeah. And you probably don't even know what's going on fully. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it took me years to figure out kind of what was happening with me. And I absolutely, I hid it from my family as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't, you think then too, like, like the bell talks has been like when Clara Hughes, that seemed to me kind of when it really sort of took off where people did talk about it more. Yeah. And then there was just, so just more awareness all around. Yeah. That, you know, you think that's only been probably about seven years, six years. Yeah. Yeah. So you think when you were going through that, there weren't the, Mm-mm. like the public awareness kind of, not saying that everyone's accepting of it now, but I think people are more, there's been more education about it. Yes. So much more now, so much more. Yeah. Awareness, education, even resources. And I, I know part, I, part of the, the hard part about when we were going through it when we were younger is that even for our parents, there was no resources for you guys either. No, no. And it's, uh, yeah, it really was a it was a learning curve for us for sure. Mm-hmm. Like little family. Yeah. So but, how did you sorry? No, it was just you kinda you know, you just I guess that's part of it. You just do at the time you just do what you think is right. And you ask questions and you know you don't it's not <laughs> it certainly isn't a a straight path. And even now I think like oh like trying to find a psychiatrist oh like it's it's not a to me it's a broken system absolutely yeah I ever talking about this with my friend of mine and she had breast cancer and she said you know when you go for when she was diagnosed so you go to the doctor and so when you go in and they tell you, she said, they have a whole plan in place for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to, this thing, this is a treatment you're going to get. This is a doc, this is a specialist you're going to see. Like they have a whole, your whole treatment, like the next six months is mapped out for you wow. on what's going to happen. Yeah. But for mental health, <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't. You go to, the, you know, most family doctors aren't, that's not their area of expertise. Exactly. And then they don't always know, they don't always know where to send you. And any, you know, we, we kept finding like any, you'd get a name of a psychiatrist and they weren't taking any patients. Mm-hmm. Or the one thing I always felt was always kind of ironic was, you know, if you went through uh, mental health, you get an appointment well it's six months from now yeah. you're going well if you need if you need men, like if you need an appointment your struggle isn't like you need help now not <laughs> waiting six months for an appointment like, absolutely yep absolutely so finding that like the reason the help you need is and there's some things like you know when she went to the hospital it gets you stable and it gets you sort of back on track, but then you leave and you're 
kind of on your own again. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you, you don't go back there for your follow-ups and, you know, they're all inpatient mm-hmm. care. So, I mean, it does serve a purpose and some people stay there longer, but she did to me, I, I didn't feel it was supported as well as it should. Like, yeah, you really had to find the resources yourself. Yeah. I, there's, there's places you can call and there's, you know, they, you know, they say you phone mental health and all that stuff. So you do that, but it's the same thing. It's, you know, six months or you can't get in, they're full or, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, I don't know. I found it frustrating. Yeah, Krista brought that up as well. She said uh, once you were discharged from the hospital, they didn't really give you any resources or anything um, to help you afterwards. You were just kind of on your own, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. she did see, I remember one of the, it was at Peter Lougheed, she saw a really good doctor there. and But it was funny because we would go up every day to see her, and she wasn't in there very long. It was a short-term care. And uh, it just, like, she knew she needed, it was her, actually that initiated. She knew she needed help, that she was going, spiraling. Yeah. And so she needed help. And so she went there. And anyway, the doctor there was excellent. But then he couldn't refer her to another doctor, which I didn't, didn't quite understand why. And the other thing that bothered me was we weren't there when she was discharged. Oh, we, we weren't told. And I think it's because she was over 18, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, you know, I don't, <laughs> maybe she said she didn't, she didn't want, she didn't want to stay there longer. So she didn't want to wait for us or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But you, you go, <laughs> you know, when you're leaving, you know, a mental health facility, you think if you knew there was support in their family that, they should be contacted. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Because then, like, I could have asked some of the questions that I had, too. Yeah. But Because we really did. Like, we, we were trying to get her the support she needed. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, the one place that, I don't know if everyone, like, I know for my work, we have a, you know, benefits plan, and they have, like, a wellness, um, I don't know what they call it, like a, a number you can call that can connect you mm-hmm. with something like I work at a school division. So it, they work with the school division. And so that's how I found a psychologist. And we've been seeing her for, well, since Krista was out in Vancouver. Because I, I contacted her first because I didn't know how to deal with, like what I should, I didn't know how to deal with Krista at the time. Mm-hmm. I needed some help. Yeah. And so, but I found it through my work. And I don't know if people really understand that that's available because that was a good resource. And psychologists, um, yeah, because there was a, I think a few people that were, that worked for the division. I assume that's with big companies too. Like they contract with them, I guess. But that was, that was really helpful. But yeah, it's been, we've tried you know, that's a thing. It's trying, trying different things. Like, and that's a, you know, you can be referred to like a psychologist or something, but you don't might not always click with them. Yeah. So it's finding one that you connect with. 
like, I don't know how you found, like, do you, had, did you find it easy? No, I actually, I went to my family doctor because I didn't know where to go. And I asked him if he could refer me somewhere, um, refer me to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or something. And his response to me was that because I was an adult at the time, uh, that it was too hard. It was too hard to get in to anyone. So he didn't really want to help me at all. He didn't want to give me any resources. And I remember just sitting there like... Excellent. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, like, you're not even going to help me. I'm telling you that I'm, yeah. I, I came to you because I need help like now and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I know our family doctor, she really tried. Um, yeah. But she was running into the same roadblocks we had. Yeah. You know, finding, when I guess I'm, we were fortunate we found a psychologist that we were happy with. We had that. And we did it like in that actually in through work though, it was a private. So you, it went through a benefits plan where not everybody has that option. Right. Like but so then to see psychologists and be through you know, mental health, which I know is the same thing. It's, it's just a long wait period yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And like, it's, it's not saying that they're not, not good or anything, but it's just such a long, I found anyway, it's such a long wait time. Yeah. So yeah, we were fortunate. We had uh, benefits plan, benefit plans through work. So we were able to do that route. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the one thing, I guess I always thought talking with some of my friends and you find going through this as a mom, you always think, like, even for yourself, you have to find out who you feel comfortable sharing with. Yes. Yeah. But I always thought, as a parent, like, you need support, too. You know, you're trying to do the best for your child, but then it's, it is hard. Mm -hmm. So I think if I was talking, like, I would encourage parents to get, make sure that they get the help they need as well the support they need yeah like what be seeing a psychologist or making sure you're connecting with friends who are supportive or family because my family was very like my immediate family like my sister and my mom and dad and stuff they were always they never judged because mm -hmm. that was one thing you always think people you always hear people say you know you're enabling them or you're letting them get away with too much or you know yeah and i was fortunate but my family didn't do that so but not everybody has that mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and but that's i think all, yeah. sort of put away the the people who don't understand or tell you to get over it like yeah. just smarten up yeah you know <laughs> deal with it <laughs> you know you're in your 20s you should be you should be able to deal with this exactly like that's people who don't understand that's a huge part of the stigma I think is people that people that don't understand what you're going through and that it doesn't just go away like in my mind there's not a definitive cure 
like it'll always be there um but you just learn how to handle it and how to deal with it and that's a huge part of the stigma i think yeah yeah for sure yeah i can remember my <laughs> talking to my mom and i remember saying because there's times that we're when they're at their worst yeah like just because you you know Remember, sometimes you think you're trying to deal rationally with your rational, you know, like when Krista was at her worst, like, I think a lot of times she didn't remember what she had done, yeah. how she acted, because she almost blacked out. Yeah, like she when did you get say that. Worked out. I mean, and that was more when she was like, in that 18, 19, 20, it was the worst. But I can remember my mom saying, because I was like, you know, upset and everything and you don't know what you're doing and and she said like think about how you're feeling right now like you're feeling just exhausted and beaten and you know and she goes imagine how Krista's feeling like if you're feeling this bad and you're not even the one going through it yeah so imagine how the one who's actually struggling and dealing with it how they're feeling mm -hmm. oh that's a good point. <laughs> you know, so you can kind of, you know, you think, okay, I can, <laughs> if, if they're, if they're doing their part, then I need to do mine, you know, <laughs> you know, have to suck it up and, but getting, I'd say getting support is, as a, as the, I don't know, you call it the caregiver. It's, I think that's really important mm -hmm. that you make sure you have support and that you get, like talking to the psychologist, you know, it gives you tools on how to best handle situations and things. Yeah. You know, even how to words to use and how to frame questions and thing, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's super important. I did find uh, age helped a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you found that yourself, but I remember when she first was diagnosed, they said like the brain develops till it's, 26 27 it doesn't stop developing yeah and i'd say that's true <laughs> like, yeah i agree it's uh yeah like you can just this the sort of maturity and just the being able to things that used to just center like off the edge was just you know you can deal with better like you can sort of process it and a lot of it's just a combination of things with therapy and medications and you know everything that but age age definitely i think really helps i absolutely agree with that um i didn't know that the brain or you're kind of developing until 26 27 but that makes complete sense to me i i'm 28 now and even in the last couple of years, I, the progress that I've made and the changes, it has been amazing. And before that, I, I don't think I fully understood everything that was happening to me or everything that I was going through. And when you're a kid and you go from not being diagnosed and people just telling you it's all these other things, and then finally figuring out what it is and how to deal with that and like really what is happening to you that yeah. takes such a huge toll on you and then 
once you're finally once you're at like 26 27 that that makes complete sense to me now that i understand it so much more yeah because i always thought really that old like that's you know you always thought it'd be yeah yeah but but it it i i (laughs) like i could just see it in krista yeah just the coping skills the kind of slowing down the other thing i found interesting was uh well, medication is always, we found that challenging, trying to find medication that works. Yeah. Because there isn't a, it's not like you can look at an x-ray and say, this is what you need, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that whole process was very interesting. But I always found like, because there's people that say it's just a, it masks, it just masks whatever the problem is. And I remember thinking, no, nah, it's a, uh, your brain's not producing what it needs to. And so this just helps it, yeah. you know, your body's not producing what it, you know. And so I think medication definitely, I, I thought helped, but it did take quite a while to find sort of what worked. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an adventure in itself, but it's uh yeah, and that, and I think medication too. I don't. I, that's the one thing with all the sort of public awareness and stuff. I think that's become a little more acceptable. People don't freak out as much when they hear you're on medication for mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a it's a process. <laughs> so, is there any advice that you would give to people in? the process to finding the right therapist or treatment or medication? Well, I think I'm not an expert by any stretch. Um, I think it's to be, to do your research Mm -hmm. with the internet and Google and, and just even like, sometimes you have to phone quite a few different places or email or contact and talking to people and you know because that's yeah like even me finding the one through work like it wasn't really common like it wasn't something that was talked about at work very much yeah so I I came upon it um but it's uh the other thing is don't feel you have to stick with someone just because you went and saw them like if you don't think it's a fit don't stay you know find I think take the time to find someone that you connect with. Absolutely. Yeah. That, but it is like the, what it took us kind of, I bet four years to find a psychiatrist and to get in like, like for her, it, it was uh, not an easy process because the psychiatrist too, because they're the only ones who can prescribe like doctors the psychologist can't prescribe medication right a psychiatrist like just because you're a psychiatrist doesn't mean you're good yeah and I don't mean like it's a and by good sometimes it means a fit too Mm -hmm. like some you're not like some I don't know if you have to be on the same kind of page as them and what your treatment's going to look like and you need their guidance but you know I remember Krista saw one doctor once and he wanted to get her off her medication completely. 
And I was thinking, well, I don't know, if, like, you know, I don't, I'm not, don't disagree with changing it or reducing it or, you know, trying to, but I don't, I, from what I could observe, I didn't think that was a good plan. Mm-hmm. Go off it totally because I didn't think her body was producing what they needed to. So I think she does need medication to, in some form. Yeah. But I don't know. I always think like, especially when, because she would, uh, we had some pretty tough days. Like, um, I always think, especially when they're younger, it's, uh, I remember thinking like, sort of be thankful for the good days. Like when things are not as, volatile I guess mm-hmm. like appreciate them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just trying to I don't know getting the support and being able to I was I was very fortunate Krista talked a lot to me I was lucky that she talked to me because mm-hmm. then I knew what was going on and I could try and help as best I could and if she needed appointments or whatever like I could help with that but she talked to me and I I know not everybody is in that situation, but I think it's just doing as a mom. I think you just do what you think is best. If you always have your child's best interests at heart and just try and help them through, because it's going to be a learning process for you too. Yeah, absolutely. For both of you. Hmm? For both of you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's a, yeah. Like not only you're like, for you and Krista, like you're navigating this, you're trying to navigate through this. So mm-hmm. that support person, you're trying to help. And Krista, she talked to her sister quite a bit too. So that was a, she needed a break from me, I guess. She, <laughs> you know, but that was good. Like then having that, like having, if you can have a few people that you can rely on. So it's, uh, yeah, it is, and it is hard on the family. So being able to talk about it, it's important. There's no uh, roadmap for it. I can tell you that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But it is amazing the number of people who share their stories and their challenges and their, yeah. like it is, you know, and like, I don't know if you felt like that, like, you know, you're not alone. You're not, you're not, you're not the only person going through this like you do have people you can talk to and and you're not you don't need to be ashamed of it you know because it isn't it's just something you have to work through yeah that's something that I've learned in the past few years I think before that um there's a little kind of shame and guilt and I don't know you don't really see a lot of other people struggling with it but the fact that people are sharing now and you have a lot more people to lean on it has helped so much yeah 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 and there's a lot of things you can read and I guess you find I guess you have to find what works for you mm-hmm. and yeah I can't and it is true like over the last seven or eight years it's definitely come leaps and bounds yeah oh yeah So like when you were talking about um, the breast cancer treatment, do you Mm -hmm. think a set kind of, or a planned, I don't know what you call it, a planned 
um, way to attack the problem. Do you think that would work for mental health or I guess because everybody's situation is so different. Do you think that is even a possibility? Well, it's, I guess it would be, and maybe like, I don't like, you know, I, I've only seen a, a piece of, you know, the whole system. Right. Like you almost, just being in the hospital, I like, I just remember thinking like, you almost need like a, a triage of, you know, if, if you can be, you know, if you, if you talk, was it someone was telling me, I don't know where it was, but the patient would be in a room with like the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the nutritionist or whoever, you know, like a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'd, you know, do, you know, a diagnosis of you and then say, you know, like, even if it was a pool of people that you could, like, this is, you're going to be coming here on Tuesdays at four o'clock, you know, Mm -hmm. with this, you know, this person. And because that's the one thing with the, it just, it didn't seem like the psychologists and psychiatrists talked. And even in the hospital, like this, the doctors there, didn't want to talk to the psychologist that she had been working with because I thought well they could give some insight into what had happened in the past or Mm -hmm. they didn't want to speak to each other oh wow the psychologist like the psychologist would have (laughs) but and I don't know if that the doctors want to just keep like do their diagnosis without outside influence Mm -hmm. maybe so I don't know that was just an observation and and I'm not like, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's just my experience. Mm -hmm. But there, there just seems to be like having such a long, it shouldn't be that hard to find a doctor, I think. Yeah. And there are like, there are the mental health sites that you can go to like Alberta mental health and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they give you a list of, but a lot of them are taking patients and, it's, you know, I guess in part of it is just you have to go through the process because then you wait three months to get an appointment and find out that you don't really connect with this person. So then you yeah. start the process again and, <laughs> you know. It takes a long time, especially when you're looking for help now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a smooth system from our experience. Yeah. I like that idea of kind of sitting down with a psychologist or a psychiatrist and a nutritionist and everybody kind of there all together. I feel like if you had that group all in one room, they could help you kind of create a plan, um, a plan of attack, I guess, for Mm -hmm. your future, whether that's for you to tackle on your own, but to kind of get you started would be helpful, I think. Yeah. And you're telling your story once. Yeah, exactly. Same story. You know, the same, they're all hearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they're probably, you know, probably, in, there's probably private clinics that might offer that service. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that. So that's something I don't know. Maybe there, maybe it is available now. I just haven't found it. <laughs> but yeah, and especially for, 
someone who's newly diagnosed and if they're young like it is it's 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 new you know it's new for everybody mm-hmm. it's challenging but whoever the support person is they they need to I guess my piece of advice is to make sure you take care of yourself too mm-hmm. so you can be the good support to the you know in my case my my daughter but Absolutely. you know whether it be a a sibling or a friend or you know a co-worker whoever your your person is yeah Krista had said that you were incredible through the whole journey and you never broke or at least she never saw you break (laughs) um and that I can't even imagine I guess uh walking in on your child say on the verge of an overdose or getting that call in the middle of the night, um, how how did you maintain your composure and how did you deal with that trauma yourself? Well, I did break, just not in front of her. Um, I don't know. I think you just. I am. I am quite patient, just yeah. by nature. I think I'm a patient person, so I think that's helped um I think you just think like you know you just deal with it this is sort of what's in front of you and you need to deal with it yeah you kind of have to yeah and I I guess in my mind it's just you're not gonna I wasn't gonna like leave her because I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore yeah like you just I guess as a mom, you just do what you have to do. You know, you're, I mean, it, it is challenging. <laughs> like, in a, there were, it is, like, it is. I, oh, she, for a while there, like, she was calling me. I'd get phone calls at two in the morning. And when she was away at university, like, I would be on the phone with her, either, like, texting or, like she was anxious, like she was getting herself worked up about something. I'd be on the phone with her for four hours mm-hmm. all the night. And you think you'd get her calmed down and then it would just start all over again. And Wow. Yeah. Then you just, I don't know, I guess you just get whatever sleep you can and hope the next day's better. <laughs> and you try and, yeah, and seek out supports and help. And like, I think I just in my mind you just it's just you knew you had to do it yeah I don't think I I don't think I'm I don't I'm many different than any other mom you know who's in the same situation I think you just do what you need to do but yeah there was times like you'd oh I'd have to pick her up at two in the morning because she'd gone out somewhere and especially at that 18 19 20 age that was hard yeah because I think she was more irrational. And the other thing she would do was just take off. Something would upset her and she would just drive. Mm-hmm. She would just take off in her car. She'd turn her phone off or she'd phone, turn the GPS on her phone off. So I couldn't see where she was. And I knew she was upset and she's driving and, you know. And I remember she did that quite a bit. She went for a stretch there where she did that. Whenever she'd get upset, she'd just take off. And, uh, I can remember thinking um, her dad would 
get in the car and, you know, thinking he had to find her. And, uh, and I was like, well, you don't, you have no idea where she is. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was, and then I thought it was kind of that whole thing of deal with what you can control. Yes, absolutely. I, I kind of, in mind, I remember I, I had this sort of aha moment of, I can't, like, I can't do anything about this. I have to wait for her to contact me. Yeah. I just hope you're safe. But I would, you know, you'd almost be sick. You'd be so worried. And But I think it's, yeah, it's kind of realizing there's some things that are just completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point that you, you just kind of do what you have to. Um, because obviously you're not going to give up on her. You're not going to leave her. So you just kind of deal with it and I guess you do what you think is best. It's not, you're not always right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You'll you'll make mistakes too. And I guess it's, it's a learning process for both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, I think you just, you don't give up and you, you keep trying to find the help and you keep trying new things and, like you find, and sometimes it takes four or five different things before you find one that might, you know, that's successful. Mm-hmm. Like there that be the right psychologist or the right, you know, therapy treatment. Like, cause there's all sorts of things like, you know, like group sessions you can go to, you know, like CBT and DBT, like all these sort of cognitive training coping you know how to learning how to cope and things like that mm-hmm. you know trying different things and seeing what works for you yeah and sometimes it's interesting because you think something that you tried when you were 18 maybe you hated but if you do it again when you're 24 you might have a different perspective on it yes that's a very good point mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely uh because i knew like a, you know with our family, we didn't really know anything about this at all. So it was a whole, <laughs> it's been a learning process for all of us. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, obviously over the years, you've learned kind of what support Krista needs from you. Um, but as she's kind of changed and she understands more of what she's going through, um, how has the way that you treat her or support her changed along with it um well I had to sort of learn not to worry about her as much Mm -hmm. you know like if I didn't if I texted her and she didn't text me back I'd get worried yeah (laughs) or wondering she didn't pick up you know if it rang and rang and rang stuff like that like I I needed to it's hard to kind of let go yeah. Because you think, you know, if you let go, you're going to miss something. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it was more of a learning process for me, you know, because you're always so, you're so engulfed and like it was always worried. Make, you want to make sure she was okay, you know, that, you know, she was taking her medication and going to her appointments and, you know, that she wasn't, uh, you know, that I wasn't missing any signs or, you know, anything that she was not doing well. Mm -hmm. And that took, 
that took a while to sort of, as she got older, you know, the thing is we, the one thing we also do is we have um, the odd therapy session together. Okay. Sometimes it's her and her sister and sometimes it's her and me, you know, like it's, and I'll go by myself and she'll go by herself and, you know, so it's, but it, it is helpful. Um, I did find that helpful because then you could kind of talk about things that maybe were bothering you or you weren't quite sure and just having someone neutral there to, yeah. so, you know, was, they, then they're able to look at it more objectively and because you're sometimes you're too emotional. So, you know, I found, I found that it actually was really helpful. Mm-hmm. So doing that together is, is good. When I was going to see a psychologist when I was younger, uh, I used to go, I would talk to her for, I think like 45 minutes. And then she would bring my parents in for the last kind of 15 minutes. And we would yeah. talk about everything that we had discussed. And it was easier to kind of talk to my parents about it that way. Yes. Because if, if I was at home, I don't think I would have uh, shared nearly as much with them. So I think, I- yeah, that definitely helps. That is true. And sometimes you don't even know how to start or even yeah. to verbalize what it is you want to say. Exactly. And, and they're sort of, sometimes they're like a mediator in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, know, they know what questions to ask and how to yeah. kind of push you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did, I, I think that is very helpful for, to be able to do that. Especially if it's someone that you trust, you know, who knows you and like the psychologist whoever it's she knows us so it's easier I think to yeah because she kind of knows exactly like what questions to ask her kind of she probably knows what the problem is (laughs) it's just getting us to realize what the problem is Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I asked this question to Krista um I'm curious looking back over the whole journey is there anything that you would have done differently? Well, if I, I wish I'd known sort of the gravity of what was going on earlier mm-hmm. and to have gotten her help earlier, like when she was a teenager. Yeah. Because I think that's, you think about how hard that would have been and you would know, like going through that on alone. Mm-hmm. So... That would have been one thing I would have done. Is there any other advice that you would give to other parents going through a similar situation? Or is there any advice that you wish that you had been given at the beginning of all of this? That's a good question. Um, I think I would have, to parents going through this, it's not easy, but uh, don't give up. Like, just keep searching for the help you need. And I would say, like I said before, like make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that you have the supports that you need Mm -hmm. so that you deal with your child, you know, uh, as best you can. Because it is hard. Like make sure you have the supports that you need to 
because it's, uh, you know, I think you just need to, it's been a long journey, but it's, it definitely has gotten better. I mean, Krista would answer that better, like how she feels now. I can see improvement in, in just how she is able to cope with things. Yeah. And I think it's probably a lot of people who deal with mental health problems. A lot of people probably don't have like people that you deal with in your everyday life at work and stuff like they wouldn't have, they would be really surprised probably to find out that you've had the struggles you've had. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's not, uh, I think for, especially if you're having a, you know, a bad day or a bad stretch, it's, it's exhausting to try and be happy all the time, mm-hmm. but on the happy face and go to work and, you know, I guess it's being able to support during times like that too. Cause I found when they were younger, the, there was just such the high peaks and valleys. Yes. Whereas now it's, it's not quite as, you don't have the, the extreme highs and lows. That's the one difference. I, I agree. Think. It's definitely not as volatile um, mm-hmm. now that we're older. Yeah. yeah. And plus you have all the, you know, all the things that you've done to, yes. yeah. to help yourself too. Mm-hmm. So do you know if there are any kind of support groups or anything for the, I guess, the caregivers or people like yourself or is that just um... I don't um I found like I have I'm very fortunate to have some really good friends um but you're you know even then like you you kind of know you figure out pretty quick who who you trust to share some of this stuff with yeah yeah because not everyone is able to hear it you know yes yeah not saying not my friend but they some people just you know, they've never had to deal with anything like this and they, you know, they, they'd like to understand, but they just don't. Like, it's, it's hard. Krista brought that up as well. Um, certain friendships of hers, um, people that just couldn't really handle dealing mm-hmm. with the whole situation. So you have different friendships and maybe one friendship you don't really talk about that part of your life with but you're still friends with them just in a a different way right yeah that's so true yeah yeah you know your closest friends are you know those are the ones you confide in yeah and you know family it's important yes they're supportive (laughs) (laughs) i'm fortunate that mine is (laughs) it's just it's uh, i guess just do everything you can as a parent to help your child, like whatever you feel is best. And I guess don't let people tell you like you shouldn't be doing things or, you know, I don't know what, like texting at two in the morning, you know, yeah. turn your phone off. Well, no, you know what? You don't need to know I'm doing this. <laughs> Still going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you I'm doing it. You know, if someone judges you for doing things like that, mm-hmm. do what you think is right and what helps what you think is helping your child and what makes you feel, you know, you're going to sit up worrying because you haven't, <laughs> you know, turning your phone off. Like, Yeah. Okay. One last question for you. Okay. Um, is there a stigma or an assumption surrounding mental health issues that bothers you the most or that you hear most often that is not true? 
I can't, I can't think of one right now. I know the one thing that with this Bell Let's Talk, yeah, it's the, which I think is great. Like, I think it's, it, it's brought so much awareness to mental health. Yeah. It, I think it's fabulous. But the one thing I, you kind of notice is that, you know, people are tweeting and reposting and doing everything that day. Yeah. But it's the other 360 some days that you need to keep doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. You I know was, that it's not a day event. <laughs> I was thinking about that uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, people, everybody on social media is all over Bell Let's Talk Day on the actual day, but to keep the conversation going year-round is is uh, what this is for, what this podcast yeah. is trying to do, yeah. I really hope that people will continue to talk uh, more openly and more often. Yeah, and I think what you're doing is great. Thank you. It is. It's a, it's a great thing. Thank you so much. Well, that is all the questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. No? Okay. I probably talked more than I should have, but... (laughs) No, that was great. I love that. That was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. Share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.